Welcome to another episode of the On The Clock NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Shannon, here with Damian and Eugene. How are you guys doing? I am good. I am chilling. I'm on week, uh, what, 142 of quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this this house is my world now. <laughs> Outside doesn't exist anymore. I'm uh I'm I'm cooling, man. You know, I I got off work early, uh, intentionally. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just uh, I'm I'm not staying here today, guys. It's like uh, you be cutting class. <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked into my boss and said, so I'm flexing out. I'll see y'all later. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm flexing on y'all. <laughs> and I'm out. And I left. I was just man. I was I couldn't I could not wake up for nothing after lunch. I was just so dr- like groggy. How was, how was the weather where you guys were? Because it was bad. We had yeah. two tornadoes hit this morning. Like yeah. Like yeah. so we had like two tornadoes hit early this morning. Like, after I got to work, they hit. And then, out of nowhere, the sun comes out, and it's like 80 degrees. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is this is South Carolina. Like, this is what I'm <laughs> uh, So, it is what it is. Like, it was literally dark outside this morning. Mm-hmm. Like, I cranked the car and went to work. And it rained yeah. in. It looked like a monsoon once I got inside. And I was mm-hmm. like, yo, like, it's wild out. I'm glad I'm inside. Yeah, that's what we got. <laughs> we got the rain. We got the rain and the, and the wind. We didn't like, get the yeah. whole tornado, but we just, but it was, it was strong. Like the after effects, yeah. yeah That's how it was, here. it was It was like, it was hell in here. I was like, what in the world is going on? Mm-hmm. Listen, keep that junk. I don't want no more of that. Like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't got time, man. Like, I was right. called out. I was like, you know well, what? Uh, well, let's hope some of that, let's hope some of that wash Corona away so we can get back to yo, sports. Yeah, right? <laughs> Watch them back on germs <laughs> away. On, right. Like, put this junk in the ocean and send it somewhere. Like, I don't care where right. it goes. Just get oh it away God. from us, man. Yeah. I need sports right. back. I'm like, yeah. I'm over here on day 49, and I'm just like, yo. like. You don't realize could... how much it can change your life until it's no longer out. Until it's not there, yeah. Right. Yo, I'm just sitting there like, man, I'm just crunching film or you know, different stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I, I can keep myself busy. But I'm like, you know, I need a break. And it's just like, mm. What break? Does yeah, no I think right. I think I'm more prepared for this draft than I have ever been in my <laughs> entire life. <laughs> Listen, after having my son, it was it was hard, man. It was so hard because I was not getting much sleep. But now, like mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I've been I've been pumping out like film at the like session at the session, player for yeah, player, man. position mm-hmm. position. Like my notebook is like halfway filled, and I still haven't put any of my reports in the computer. But I'll do yeah, this. I'm like, um, yeah, I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, I'm looking at John Doe from East Jablip State, and it's like, okay, let's see what he can do. He might be a sleeper. <laughs> I'm about to start scouting high schoolers at this point. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I admit, I admit, I did jump into 2021 a little bit. Oh, oh my god, bro! Listen, listen, Nico Collins, but we gonna talk about that another time. Man. It's this dude, his name Tutu. I'm like, who? Oh, who? who Adwell, name him Tutu. Yeah, Tutu. Yeah. 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 yeah oh sir. my goodness. Mm. Man, but that's that's another podcast. That's another show. We we go. Yeah. Well, we keep it moving, but Shannon, we, you got the floor, love. So yeah. So today would be like one of the podcasts I would love to listen to because, as I always say, I don't know enough about the draft. Well, the the college players to talk about draft and. What they're good at, not good at. So I look to you guys for that type of information. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you say tonight. Because again, this would have been a podcast I would have listened to if I wasn't a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start with um, boom or bust prospects in the mid-level rounds, like the third and fifth rounds. 
And with boomer bust, it's more or less risk or reward. Um, players who might have a high ceiling could become a superstar, but also because of their skill set might not translate into the league, so they could be a bust. Um, so, Eugene, how about we start with you? Who do you have as a boomer bust mid-round player? My first uh, boomer bust is uh, Noah Igbenogany, um, cornerback from Auburn. He's uh, 5'10", 198, runs a 4'4". Uh, he's a converted wide receiver, uh, uh, converted from a corner. I mean, converted from wide receiver to corner. Um, he's got he's got all the traits that you want. I mean, he's a starting corner in the in the SEC, so he's seen them all. And he he can I mean he can run. He's physical. He's, he's got strength. He's got the weight to him. Um, but he he's raw. He's raw. You, he needs to uh, you look at him. His footwork needs work he has no ball skills whatsoever which is kind of alarming because he used to be a wide receiver mm-hmm. but he needs to but he's he's an athlete though so it's like if you tell him go cover that guy and go where he goes and don't let him catch a ball he can do that I mean without no footwork no technique no nothing he can do that he can go out there and cover somebody in, in man coverage so you, you drafted him you drafted him on upside and you drafted him with the assumption that I'm going to teach him technique and he's going to be a special player. Because if he get his technique down, this dude is, you know, he's a, he's a top-level corner. You want to put him in the slot or you put him outside, he can play either one. And you got to start in cornerback for about the next five to ten years. But that's a big if. So that's why I call him a boomer bust guy. All right. I'm with you. I, I actually like that because, like you said, he is a – a superb athlete, and those are the guys that we mm-hmm. talk about. Those those athletic guys that just need their games to be refined just a little bit. Um, yeah. For me, my guy, I'm going to the Big Ten. I'm going a receiver, Donovan Peoples Jones, aka mm-hmm. DPJ. Man, DPJ, six two, about two ten, but he. I'm gonna tell you right now, he does not look two ten. He looks about two fifteen, two twenty ish. Like mm-hmm. he, he's a big, strapping kid, and for me. And he's, we talk about athleticism, you know, 4'4", 8 in the 40, 44 and a half inch vertical, but 11'7 in the broad. Like, he is a freaky athlete, freaky deaky athlete, man. But, you know, his changes direction skills need work. Uh, and and that's, I mean, that's, that may not be a skill that he masters, but just improve it a little bit. But it's and not just that, but you look at his production, three years at Michigan, three years. 103 career receptions with only mm. 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns. Now, f- for some of the, you know, more well-known receivers in college football, that's what they make in the – that's what they – that stat line is their season stat line for 2019. Yeah. You know, 100 exactly. catches, 1,300 yards, 20 touchdowns. Like, that's their stat line, not for a career. So, the production is lacking. Um, and, and we see them on film – Short area quickness needs to be a little bit better. And, and now, a lot of his issues, it was QB play. Shea Patterson uh, was not accurate with the football whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you know, watching his film was really frustrating because I saw times where he beat coverage, whether it was man or zone. And wide open. Wide open. And Shea Patterson just could not get him the football. So, for me, I look at him, and, and we're talking about guys, you know, that could be drafting between rounds three and five, ladies and gentlemen. So, 
for me, if, if you can g- get DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, in the fourth round, me personally, I would prefer him in the fifth, but with his athletic tools, I expect someone to draft him higher. But if I can get him, you know, toward the later of the, those three rounds, maybe late fourth, you know, mid to late fourth, and bring him in with the intentions to develop him. Because um, mm-hmm. sometimes for me, I look at, and you see quarterbacks, they want to bring quarterbacks in in the middle rounds. So, hey, I'm going to develop this guy. He's going to sit for two years. Receivers, they're like, hey, we're going to put you on the field. It's like, I'm not ready. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that Kevin Hart skit, he's not ready. Like, he's, he's not, not ready. He's not ready. <laughs> like, you, we got to stop. We got to stop throwing guys out there to the wolves, man. So, for yeah. me, I look at him with his athletic ability. I truly believe if he can, if he can get into an offense and just develop and find and, and carve out that niche, that role, I think we can have a player on our hands. Well, let me ask you guys about someone that I had been looking at. Um, I've seen a lot of things about him as far as the boom or bust category, and that's a quarterback with um, Jordan Love. Do you guys think that he'll go in the third or fifth round or before no. then? No. No, he's going to go in the first round. He's first. Really? Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I'll be shocked if he – let me tell you, I'll be shocked if he falls to the second. I don't think he makes mm. it out of the first round. With his tools, the way that ball pops off of his arm – um, and, and, and he is accurate. I, I want to say this. A lot of people bring up his interceptions. And if I'm not mistaken, like he had a couple interceptions that were thrown on Hail Marys. Like who counts mm-hmm. those? Like, I don't understand. It's a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 no. Cause no, I can't. count against Joe Flacco. So don't do that. That's, that's <laughs> Joe Flacco you had. Joe Flacco had nope, a propensity nope, to throw nope, picks. Nope. So in that, that, in that Patriots game, y'all be like, Joe Flacco threw an interception at any game. To be fair, Joe Flacco <laughs> stared down Torrey Smith and didn't look anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you got to look that safety off, man. You can't just stare at him. So Joe Flacco got to call us down. I'm a, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you, you, I'm not counting I'm not counting Hail Marys. I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's one second left in the half and you're trying to just chuck it deep or mm-hmm. it's one second left in the game and you're just trying to throw a, a throw up a 50-50 ball and hope it comes down to, to win the game. I'm not counting those interceptions. Some mm-hmm. interceptions he had with the receivers, it hit straight off their hands, guys. We have, to, we have to grade these interceptions for what they are. Categorize them. Is a QB mm-hmm. fault? Is a receiver fault? What is the situation? So for, with Jordan Love, he has the interceptions this year. He reg- he did regress. Now, granted, he lost nine of ten, nine of eleven, or ten of eleven starters last year. He mm-hmm. is to me. He's going to be a first round pick. I, Eugene, I I don't see him falling out of the first round at all. Yeah, yeah. He's um he's I mean he's a I, honestly he's an ultimate boomer bust guy, and everybody's exactly. banking on boom because he's got all the talent that you want. You want to if you want to build a quarterback, it's going to look like something like Jordan Love. Is he the most the, talented quarterback in this class to you? Physically, um, I say yes. I say yeah. Yeah, it's 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 up there between him and Herbert as far as physical yeah. physical yeah, ability. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. And I would say I'll put Easton in there as long as as far as arm strength, but he doesn't have the mobility that he's that yeah, he's Same thing with, with uh, Jalen Hurts. He's got the mobility. He just have the arm strength though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just yeah. Don't I, yeah. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so but yeah, Jordan Love. Face, is... I saw a look at your face. I'm like, chill. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, Jordan Love is um 
Yeah, he's going to go in the first round. He's going to go in the first round because somebody, I, I swear, somebody, some coach is looking at him like, I'm going to make him into the next Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Somebody's and looking that's, at that's him. That's actually what I saw a lot of the comparisons they were comparing him to Pat. So mm-hmm. That was interesting. But then when I when I saw them talking about the inconsistencies, inconsistencies had with his, in this conference, I was like, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. So I thought I might ask you guys about him. Yeah, um, he needs a nice, good coach. He needs a good coach to go to. How about the Patriots? Yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> Swear to God, I'm all for it. Like, sign me up, baby. <laughs> oh, Give man. Me a little bit of that Jordan love. I'm all for it, man. Um, but next we can go see some late-round sleepers. So that would be about six or seven rounds. Um, Damien, who do you think are some late-round sleepers? Mm. We got about – I have, like, a whole list here, but we're going to go about three. We're going to mm-hmm. about three guys. Um, so my first guy is uh, Quez Watkins. Um, mm. Receiver, yeah, I know you appreciate that one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Quez, man, listen, he is a burner. Like he is a legit burner. Um, someone kind of compared him to Mike Wallace back when he was with Pittsburgh. I was I, when I when I watch his tape, I kind of see maybe more of Robbie Anderson that went from the Jets mm-hmm. to the Panthers. But you know, this is a guy you probably can get in, in round five or six, six most likely in such a deep wide receiver class. And a deep offensive line and running back and, mm-hmm. and all you know yeah. different things like that. So he you know certain players are going to fall down the board, but I think he is a receiver that you can get in like the fifth round and he can kind of step into. I'm not saying he's going to be a star or anything, but you look at uh, Demarcus. I think it's Demarcus Robinson from the Chiefs, that extra yeah. burner that comes in as that third or fourth receiver and makes plays. That is what I see with Quez Watkins, and he can you know he can beat man coverage. He can uh, find the soft spots in the zone, but his speed is unreal. And when and and sometimes he he's what I call an angle beater. You know what I'm saying? You think you got that yep. angle on him, and, and he just hits that gear, and it's like, oh, I'm touchdown. It's, it's easy money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's I mean, he's a legit four three guy, and you 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 send him on on your on nine routes. And you know he's going to run, but he's going to run past the corner. He's going to catch the uh, catch the ball. Where he struggles at is you know all the intermediate stuff, all the short to inter- intermediate stuff. He needs to iron that out in his game. But he, yeah, he. I mean, the yeah, the Robbie Anderson comp is is spot on. Hmm. So uh, my sleeper I got is uh, Levante Taylor from Florida State. Hmm. He um he didn't even get invited to the combine. Um, he was a five-star athlete coming out of high school. Like all of those guys that came out that year that he came out, he was mm-hmm. he was the top cornerback prospect out of all of them. And you can see why he um he's super fast, super fast. One of those twitchy athletes, quick reflexes. He moves really fast, but somehow at Florida State, everything fell off the rails for him. Um, he went and one knock against him. He's small. He's under six feet. He's under two hundred pounds. Uh, I think he's under one ninety to be exact but he's he you know what his body type is uh dante jackson from panthers ah gotcha gotcha that's his that's his body type real skinny dude really fast yeah really fast but he played cornerback and he played safety and he's got experience doing both and his first year playing cornerback at fsu he looked really good Look, I mean, really good. He was he was a lockdown corner, but I don't know what happened. But something he got he got some concussion issues. He got some injuries, and he just never came back the same. 
but he he seems healthy now. Like this year, they put him out there as a nickel cornerback, uh, like on on third downs or third and long. They put him in in the slot and man coverage, and he do what he do. He 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 locks his man down. They put him at free safety, uh, allow him because he's got ridiculous speed. So he uses that speed to have his range in the back end. But he's, uh, I mean, it's this just like a whole bunch of these corners in this draft. It's a whole bunch of slot corners. They're in that five ten to uh, that five under six feet range, and they're really fast. And he's he's one of these guys that I mean, he's just like uh, like a Darnay Holmes or I mean Robertson and all that. He's yeah. just like them. And he's gonna he's gonna I think he's I think he'll get drafted late. If not, he's a priority free agent. But he just had his uh, one of those virtual pro days, and he ran a four three four. So he's like he's that. he's got he's got legit NFL mm-hmm. talent, and all it needs is he needs a coach to uh, bring it out of him, and he probably needs uh, a weight program to get you know get his weight up enough so where he can be a factor tackling. Mm-hmm. I got you. I um I want to stick with the. I like that a lot. That's, that, is a, that is definitely a sleeper. I want to stick with the mm. slender, small guys that are super uber athletic. I think you'll, I think you'll like this one too. Darnell Mooney from two. Yes. Five, Show me the ten. Mooney. Show me the. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Show me the Mooney, baby. He's that was five, ten. Uh, he, he's mm-hmm. a small guy. You know, he's a small guy. Five ten, one seventy six. He has 30, uh, 30 inch arms, seven eighths. Um, he's not the biggest. What's so crazy is when you see a guy with his size that's jumping 37 inches in the vert, 438 uh-huh. in the 40. He's an uber athlete. And yes. when I look at him, I see, I see, uh, well, not, is it Taylor? Yeah, Taylor. I see kind of a, because Taylor Gabriel's a little, he's a little cocky when it comes down to his, his frame. He's stronger. Yeah. I see Taylor Gable, that slot guy with the ability to move outside and get him in that one-on-one because he's sudden at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, he, he could turn, a, he could take a slant and take it 80. But, yep. and, and like I said, and it, I've seen it a lot of times on tape where for a guy to be 5'10 and be that small when it comes to his frame, he's leaping over cats. He's going up, climbing yes. the ladder. He is mm-hmm. cleaning the gutters over guys. Like, yep. You know, and it's just when you see him, and I think he also can carve out a niche as a return man. Because when you got a guy like that with his shiftiness, his suddenness, his his mm-hmm. twitchiness and explosion, why not if you can put him back there and, and, and allow him to return kicks early on and be able to be that extra weapon for you? Yeah. One, one thing I always that always frustrated me with Bill Belichick is he never like people people are like oh man he cares so much about special teams. Which is a lie. Like, yeah, he signed, he keeps Matthew Slater around who does absolutely nothing else but chase down <laughs> punts and kicks. Great for you. Like, that's good. But the returners for majority of Bill Belichick's tenure have been terrible. Outside of Welker, Edelman, Cordero Patterson, and maybe a handful of others, it's like leg- Brandon Bolden, a 225 pound slow running back, is your kick returner? <laughs> Like, that doesn't make sense. So, like, these are the type of guys that you need. You need these explosive little twitchy guys to come out there and can make plays. You want to throw that because, you know, the screen game is so heavy now in the NFL. You want to throw that bubble mm-hmm. screen, that smoke screen, that receiver screen, that tunnel screen. And you need a guy that's not running a 4-8 like uh, Muhammad Sanu. You need a guy that can go out there 
catch the ball, make a few people miss, but not just make them miss, but make them regret missing. Because you can, a guy can, you can have a receiver or a playmaker that is elusive and make guys miss, but do do they regret missing, or do they say, "Oh, I missed that tackle, my guy behind me got him," because he's not going to be able to, he's not going to separate, he's not going to come off against us. But when you got a guy like we've seen it with the Devin Hester's and Dante Halls and those guys, you know, all those different return guys. But like I said, with Mooney, he's he's more of a slot receiver too. So you got those guys that hey. You miss him on that screen, he, he he sees green. You miss him on the screen, he sees green, and he's taking it. And now you, your coach is yelling at you like you were the only chance we had of keeping him contained, and you mm-hmm. missed. So for me, I look at the, uh, I think he's go. I think he like I said, it's a, a loaded class. I, I could easily yeah, see is. him being selected in the fifth round, fifth or sixth. Yeah, round. yep. And he should go a lot higher because I like that kid a lot. Uh, let's see, I got another one. Same, same kind of in the same role as a uh, Darnell Daryl uh, Mooney. Um, his name is Jonathan Johnson, wide receiver out of uh, Missouri. Mm. Uh, he's five, like five eight, five nine, one eighty, and he fast. Like I never, I, I don't, I don't know if he ran another one. He wasn't wasn't invited to the combine, uh, but he, um, if he had gone, he would have been one of the top runners. Uh, of the forty, I I ain't, I never seen him run a forty. I don't know if he had a pro day or not, but I know for a fact that he probably can run a four three, just from looking at him on tape. Like he fast fast, <laughs> so they play him in the slot. So he's you know he's a deep threat. He's a little guy, but he's electric. Uh, when he gets the ball in his hands, like he, he they they threw him a five five yard slant. And he got an extra five yards, but he made five people miss for the, the extra five yards. So he's gonna he he can run after the catch. He he can take you deep. Um, he needs to work on his hands. Like sometimes he has those uh, focus drops. Like because he can get open. He knows how to run his routes. He's you know he explodes in and out of his breaks and everything. But he be he be wide open. And I mean, some some of it is on the quarterback. The quarterback is throwing at his knees, but some of them, the ball hit him right in his hands, and he drops it. So he needs to work on his focus drop. I look at it like uh, if a guy like Jeff Thomas was invited to the combine, this kid should have been invited to the combine because they're close yeah. to the same player, close to the same player. And this kid, he probably won't even get drafted, but I'm pretty sure somebody's going to sign him as a free agent, and he's going to make somebody 53. Because this kid, the kid, I mean, you can't teach speed. No, so at worst man. worst case scenario, he's somebody's kick returner. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what the NFL is headed now. I mean, well, that's what we are. It's a speed mm-hmm. game. Yeah, I mean Henry Ruggs run a four two seven, and people mm. have him in a top three receivers in this class. I don't have him top three personally, mm. um, but I respect his game for what it is. Uh, and I think he has a. Higher, I think he has a high ceiling if he can work on his route running and his press coverage and stuff like that. To where he starts, if he starts winning press coverage more often, gets quicker mm-hmm. off the line, like really show that twitch. Where it's like, okay, now you have to give me that seven, eight yards of cushion. Then yeah. you just do what Brandon Cooks does all game and runs a five yard comeback and yep. throws that routes all day, all day long, and you just you know meticulously. You know, take the ball downfield. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but for uh, my one of my next sleepers, um, I gotta go. 
this was tough because I got like two of them at the same position too. I'm doing both. <laughs> uh, I, let me go. I'm gonna go with Michael Warren, running back out of Cincinnati. Oh, I like him. Michael Warren is big, physical, bruising back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has some solid hands to catch the football out of the backfield. Yeah. He's not going to. He's not. A, he's not a burner. So he's. Not, you know, he doesn't fit the mold that we've just been talking, discussing this whole time. But he is a guy that when you look at, and, and, and it was almost a lost art because you look at what Gus Edwards for the for Shannon's Ravens has brought with that powerful, aggressive mm-hmm. running style. Um, you saw Latavius Murray kind of tap into that for the Saints this year, and yeah. Mark Ingram's absence because uh, Kamara really missed. Mark Ingram's presence this year, mm-hmm. he he really missed that, and um, and, and they used Latavius Murray. He brought some of that physical running style. Um, and, and, and it's a list of big, powerful backs that we've seen. And, and Michael Warren is not somebody that's going to be your three-down back. He's not going to. He's not the guy that you look to to make your make a your roster as the next, you know, the next great running back in the Hall of Fame. And I'm not saying he won't be a Hall of Famer or anything. Anything's possible. But when I look at him. He's a guy that you pair up with a Alvin Kamara, or dare I say, yep. the guy that got paid today, Christian McCaffrey, Mister mm-hmm. sixty-eight million dollar man. Paid, paid. Day, you do, you know, for a team that's rebuilding. I'm putting air quotations for the Carolina Panthers, because um, a lot of people don't think they're rebuilding, but all the reports are they're rebuilding, so they're rebuilding. Um, I don't really know how hard that is to comprehend, but <laughs> they're rebuilding. So with Christian McCaffrey, if you're not, that's why I had the issue of them paying him. If you're not in a contending situation, it's so it's a lot different. If Christian McCaffrey was in this draft, and I put this on Twitter the other day, that if your team is not, if you're not a contending team, don't draft a running back in the first round. It's just just gonna waste his it, career. It's, it's, yeah, you're wasting his career. Like you are legitimately wasting his career. Because then when it gets time to pay him, then you want to talk to all this nonsense. Like you know what, man, we've run you into the ground and we haven't won a thing. Like yeah. you think you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not Adrian Peterson. I'm not. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't have a Christian yeah. running back there that I got to throw on my back and, and carry the whole time. You can't expect that from every first round running back. So, uh, mm. it's, if Christian McCaffrey was in this draft class and the Ravens selected him or the Chiefs selected, I'm all for that because you're contending. You're mm. ready to win, and he's yes. that missing piece. He is that last offensive weapon that you just can't pass on in the first round. But for a team that is probably dead last right now, talent-wise, top to bottom in their division, uh, it's, it's, it's head-scratching. But if you want to do anything with Christian McCaffrey, you bring a Michael Warren in and you pair him with him. So then what you start mm-hmm. doing is you use Christian McCaffrey similar to how the Saints use Alvin Kamara, and let's move him around. Let's put him in the slot. Use him as a receiver. Because you know he's one of the best. He's probably one of the best route runners in the league, and he's a running back. Exactly. So yep. you bring in Michael Warren to be that big bruising back on in the interior on the first and second downs, things like that, or those third and ones. Limit, limit his his exposure to these hits, man. Because yeah, you sign into a deal, but what you want to do is want to make sure that when you are able to contend, whether that's next year or the year after he still physically can make it happen and he's not beat up. But if they keep doing it the way they're doing it and having him as the only back, he's going to be broken down before they can 
even spell playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I say bring in a Michael Warren is the type of guy that you bring in. You know, he's a hard nosed runner. He can run between the tackles. But like I said, also He'll in carry the screen the game. Yeah, he can, he can carry the load. He can catch the ball in the screen yeah. game and make some things happen. So he's a guy that I really I really like in the late round. I mean, he's probably a legit round six type of guy. Oh yeah, he's a late yeah, he's a late guy. But he's he's a player though. Um the other guy I got is defensive end from North Dakota State, Derek Tuska. I've been seeing uh, a lot six, of him. Yeah. Six four, two fifty one. He is I mean, you got you, you as soon as you pop on the tape, you notice him like, okay, that's him right there. You don't even you don't I mean, if you have never seen his face before in your life, you're like, okay, that's who they're talking about. Cause he he jumps out at you. He he's the first one off the snap. He you can tell he's giving more effort than everybody else is on the field. He's getting after it. He's he's I mean, he's getting after the quarterback like quarterback called his mama a bad word. He is really <laughs> going after it. And I, I and you and coaches is gonna love the effort that he puts that he puts in. But on top of that, he's got talent too. Because he's fast, like and for a tall guy like that, he's got bend. So he can bend around the edge and he can get to the quarterback. He wreaks havoc. But the the knock on him is level of competition. Who's who was you uh, I mean, who was blocking you really? Nobody. So but he but you see the you see the talent and you, and you think that okay, this this can translate. Worst case scenario, he probably can be somebody's uh, a situational pass rusher or something like that. Or I mean, he'll go play special teams. He looks like that type of dude that's that don't care. He'll just he just wants to be on the team. <laughs> but he is. I mean, he's a good player though. He really is a good player. He's got some strength to him. I mean, is he it, he plays against a lower level of competition, but he's dominating that competition. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like he's playing down. Those bad guys are making him look good. He's literally better than that than they are and it's just showing so yeah he's gonna go really late i mean he's not gonna go too late because it's not the best dn class this year but he's gonna go in the three to five round range and he's gonna be i, I could say he's still he'll start off as somebody's backup defensive end he'll get some snaps in as a as a situational pass rusher and then he's gonna go from there he probably needs to bulk up a little bit at 251 probably needs to bulk up get a little bit stronger but kid is a player i like him I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, you can never – listen, they say you can never have too many receivers. You never mm-hmm. have too many corners. You can never have too many pass rushers. Too many pass rushers. Right. Never. You can never have too many pass rushers. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've, I haven't studied his tape. I saw a few clips of him and some highlights, and I'm like, hey, like, okay. Uh, you know, I haven't fully sat down and just watched his tape. Um, but he's somebody on my watch list this week. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like what I've what I've seen from him. I mean, yeah, he gets after it. I like him. I, I think he could probably plug him into a um, a stand up role at mm-hmm. in a three four, um, you know, and, and allow him to just rush the passer. And, yeah. And because listen, and, and right now, like I said, you could never have too many passers. You need that DPR, that designated pass rusher in the NFL. You need that. And somebody you know is going to get pressure whenever they step on the field. Exactly. Because yeah. I, I mean. I mean, think back to that those Giants teams with the, with the NASCAR package, and they would come yeah. out there with four pass rushes. Like for for imagine a court, being the quarterback and you look across the line of scrimmage, it's third and twelve, and you see nothing mm-hmm. but pass rushes on the D line. Like that's, time out, that's time out, be, time out, coach. Let's talk about this. That's got to be frustrating. You're just like, oh, yeah. So no, you, you don't want to put no three hundred pounds out there. Okay. Uh, so y'all just going okay. Are y'all you sure your... about this game plan? Like, y'all don't want no big boy yeah. out there? 
Like, nope. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Justin Tucks in the mid, in, in the inside playing the three technique. Like, OCU you when you're a straight hand. Straight hand on the outside. Like, it's just like, you know, my, uh, Matthias, uh, I can't pronounce it. Oh, Kiwanuka, like, yeah. Like, bro, like, I'm just sitting there. I, I literally, I had to watch that crap. Y'all had, y'all had nightmares? Y'all saw nightmares yeah. about that? Yeah, I, yeah, I know I did. Like, I already knew. Oh, yeah. I knew coming into that Super Bowl against that defensive line. I was like, bro, if we don't block these guys, we're going to lose. And what mm-hmm. happened? We launched. <laughs> so yep. it is what it is. Like you have to have yeah. that. And and, and I mean, because Shane, we talked about a couple weeks ago with your Ravens. That is kind of what I think y'all should adopt on defense. Take big Brandon Williams and some of these big boys off the line on those third downs and put your mm-hmm. best pass rushers out there. Put mm-hmm. your best edge guys on the edge. And whether you keep um Matthew Juden, you bring him in as, as that guy, uh, head up to the guard and let him rush and, and have those more linear pass rushers. Like when you have, I those wish guys, we can get somebody like Haloli Nada because he he was a pretty decent pass rusher too. Yeah, not well, yeah, Nada was just a complete another monster. Um, yeah, but see, what's funny is if you guys were able to 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 land the Dominican Sue, that would have been your guy. That would have mm-hmm. been that one 300-pound yeah. guy because he pushes the pocket and gets after the passer. Unlike, you know, it's different having that, like a Dante Dontario Poe or um, Dante Poe or like a Vince Wilfork. Mm-hmm. Those big two-gappers, they're they're just kind of plugging the they're hole. They're the run, right? Yeah, like they're not going to push the pocket as much as you'd like. Uh, they, you know, well, granted, Big Vince was a little nimble. You know what I mean? Big, that was a dancing bad, man. I got got nothing but love for my yeah, he can move for the barbecue chef, man. I got nothing but love for <laughs> my boy, man. But you know, when you have those type of guys, that makes all the like the, when the Houston Texans when they had when they had Whitney Merciless, Clowney, and Watt, that was so hard to defend as an offensive line to to pass protect. Cause you, they moved them all around. Sometimes you got Whitney mm-hmm. Merciless, a, a head up over your center. You got. I think that's smart. Yeah, that's that is intelligent coaching. Cause he, think about it. Offensively, you move. They, and I mean, granted, people, people. Uh, besides Sherman, because Sherman played majority in zone coverage. But mm-hmm. when you look at a lot of the man corners. People say, well, they're not traveling. Well. You can't always expect guys to travel because a lot of guys aren't comfortable going in the slot. So what they mm-hmm. do is they move their number one receivers into the slot because it's like, hey, I give him he can go vertical, he can release he can release vertical upfield past you, he can uh, release inside or outside. He's a three way go technically. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, I'm gonna make him. I'm trying to find those mismatches defensively when you when you have multiple pass rushers like that and you start flipping guys around and getting creative. It creates mismatches. Mismatches. So that's that's kind of what I, I would like to see, and that's what's always frustrated me with a lot of defenses. It's like you know you have some twitchy guys on your bench that can get after the passer, but you keep that three hundred and thirty pound guy sitting there on third and twelve, knowing that he's not moving off the line. He's not mm-hmm. even moving mm-hmm. from the line of scrimmage. Like like <laughs> get him off the field. Like come on, baby. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. I hate. Mm-hmm. Well, I was reading the article earlier, and um, they listed 10 players who they think would go in a later rounds for each position. Mm-hmm. And somebody that stood out to me, I wanted to ask you about, guys about, I think his name is pronounced Kalik Hudson from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they have him down here in this article as a safety. Um, what was interesting to me about him was that they were saying he was versatile. 
he could be a linebacker, he could be a safety. Um, but the knock is he's a little too small to be a linebacker, and then he's not athletic enough or tall enough to be a safety. Um, so my question is, what do you guys think about him, and then what position do you think he will play in the NFL? Uh, he is, um, yeah, he he's he's undersized for a linebacker. He's like six feet two, two twenty at the most. Yeah. Um, probably probably a little bit less than they that. They have him here as five eleven two twenty four. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Um, he they play. I guess they play him. I, I, you want to say he's a strong safety, um, but he, he's he's this. Uh, he, He's this new breed of guys that they. I mean, they they basically created a new position on defense. It's the it's it's the overhang position. That's that's why all these guys are are transitioning from safety to linebacker. It's it's, it's the overhang position. You pretty much you. I mean, for those that don't know, the listeners and all that, overhang position is uh, a player that lines up on the outside of the tackle. His responsibility is everything in front of him and all routes that break to the outside, all routes that break to the inside, he hands off to the middle linebacker. Usually that uh, back in the day, that was your weak side linebacker's responsibility. Uh, Now uh, it's your nickel cornerback's responsibility or it might be your strong safety's responsibility. With this new overhang position, they want to mix all three of those positions in one. They want somebody that's going to be fast enough to cover a wide receiver in a slot, uh, strong enough to cover a tight end in the slot, and big enough to come up and play the run. They want somebody – pretty much they're mixing the nickel cornerback, mm-hmm. the weak side linebacker, and the strong safety all into one player. And pretty much somebody got in the lab and did that and came up with Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> but that's the that's the the mold that every every team is looking for now. And that's mm-hmm. the role that's the role Khalid Hudson is probably going – is going to be put into. He, but – can he do it? I think he has the athleticism, athleticism to do it. I think he needs more talent around him because I don't, I don't believe he's going to be a standout guy mm-hmm. uh, at that position. But he can, he can play it though. He can, he can play. Say like in uh, certain, certain packages, like a dime package or something mm-hmm. like that. He can play that role. He can, he, you know, he can cover what's in front of him. But just don't ask him to be covering wide receivers forty yards down the field. That's not his game. But if you want to keep him closer to the line of scrimmage and tackle what's in front of you and take a running back coming out of the backfield, then he can do that. He, he, yeah, he's good. He's a middle round guy, um, but uh, he, he's he's got a specific role and he's built for that role. But if anybody tries to take him and put him in a different role, he's not going to look as good. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, you look at his numbers from the com from the combine four, five, six, and the forty. Uh, 30 mm-hmm. bit 30 reps. I mean, he's a strong kid. You, you, know, you can see it 5'11, 224. Yeah. You can see it in his physical makeup that he is a powerful mm-hmm. kid. Uh, mm-hmm. 33 inches in the vert in the vertical. It's not, you know, it's not the best, but it's not god awful. Um, yeah, no, it's not horrible. I, I definitely, you know, kind of like that, uh, like, like Eugene was saying, you know, I, I can see him possibly playing that Viper role, the hybrid, mm-hmm. you know, safety mm-hmm. linebacker, uh, that you bring in on a big dime or big nickel. To where mm-hmm. he kind of comes off the edge as a force player with him right. in the run game. You don't want him because what, what what Michigan was doing with him at times they used him close, too close to the line of scrimmage, more so in the interior and against like mm-hmm. you know think about like um, you know teams that run the ball like he you don't want those big linemen getting up to the second level and getting their hands no. on him. What you mm-hmm. want is you want to have him somewhat on the outside looking in. To where he comes off as that force player, that running game, he can ch- chase down backside guy, 
or mm -hmm. that guy that tried to take on that ISO blocker, whether it's a fullback or tight end or whatever the case may be. And I mean, you also can you know blitz him, you know, stunt, use him in stunts, overload blitzes. You you want to get this is a guy that you have to find a specific role for, but get creative mm -hmm. with him. Um, you know, you know, I believe he's gonna call by a role on special teams, uh, whether it's blocking, you know, on special on punt and kick uh, kickoffs or on punt and kick returns as well. Uh, going after the punter, trying to get those those block kicks, and, and just find it. He's a guy that you just he finds his way onto a roster. Uh, mm -hmm. and he he serves a specific role. He's a little too tight hipped, um, a little too tight tip hipped in coverage. If he can, you know. Cause what I mean with someone like him, with that he, you know, he can run with the tight ends, <clears throat> but can he move with the tight ends? So you know, mm -hmm. that's that's usually always the, the problem. Guys can run with you. You see a lot of corners that can run a four three four two, but their hips are so tight they can't move with the receiver. So exactly, you have to be able to move. And if he can't flip his hips, because you. Think about it. you know the Zach Ertz and the Travis Kelseys of the world, the, the the Andrews and the Darren Wallers. You get mm -hmm. matched up on these guys. You you have to be able to either do one or two things: play off coverage and legitimately move with them, mirror them, or mm -hmm. you need to be able to get up in the line of scrimmage and and jam them and jam them. Because remember, after you guys won Eugene, after you guys won the Super Bowl, you played mm -hmm. I think the Falcons opening week. Yeah. And Devondre Campbell and Deion Jones were being extremely physical with yep. Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz hated every minute of it. He they learned their lesson, yeah. It. And it's just like, yo, like I have never faced this type of defensive uh, approach before. Mm -hmm. They were going mm -hmm. at him at the line of scrimmage and just jamming him, harassing him, you know, getting their hands on him and taking that away from Nick Foles. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, and Nick Foles struggled that entire game too. Exactly, yeah. His outlet you, it, couldn't. It wasn't available. Yeah, you couldn't let Ertz get into his route. I mean, and you know that's what that's that's Ertz's bread and butter. He's a route runner. If you can't let if he if he Sadly. can't get into his route, he's no good. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that. And but that's how you gotta play these tight ends now. You gotta play them like pretty much like they big wide receivers, and you need somebody that can match up. Yeah, you need somebody that can match up with them. I could like you did say with, with Hudson, you could possibly use them against running backs, and I could see that. You know. Mm -hmm. nah, okay. We're not talking about the Chris McCaffrey's and the Evan no. Kamars of the world. No, 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 no. no. If you got no. tight hips, <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what we want. Um, <laughs> tight hips, tight hips, sink ships. Exactly. <laughs> well, what, do you, what do you guys think about him being a part of a defense like um, the Chargers played against the Ravens when they had about six DBs on the field in the playoff game? Yeah, you think could he could work. be successful in something like that? Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of things. Some things are actually coachable. You know, you get him into mm -hmm. the league, and you know he—he's—that's why I said, like, when you think about these mid-round guys, you know, the percentage of their success rate of, of or team success rate of hitting from rounds three to round seven is—it drops drastically from rounds one to two, because mm -hmm. the talent disparity a lot of times is big. Now you look at—it's a huge disparity usually. Now this draft, when you look at the receivers and even some running backs, mm -hmm. the talent disparity is not as wide. So for yeah. for in this situation, you know, you bring him in and he doesn't have the pressure of saying, "Hey, I got to I have to immediately make an impact on this defense." No, Chase Young has to immediately make an impact oh, yeah. on the rest right, of the right. defense. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Derek Derek Brown, immediate impact. Jeffrey mm -hmm. Okuda, those guys. Imme but yeah. immediate mm -hmm. impact. But you bring a Khalid Hudson in 
and you just kind of work slow walk him. him. Yeah, slow walk him. You kind of you know teach him the ropes and ha- get him with that safety and linebacker coach where you can mm-hmm. coach him up in a dual coaching setting, and you mm-hmm. work on those dropbacks. You work on processing because that's the one thing. And from what I've seen from um, in the times I've seen him play, process his his in. His eternal processor is a little is a little slow, a little lagged. Mm-hmm. If it dropping him off into zone coverage. So if I can get him to react quicker to what he sees, that mm-hmm. is going to be the biggest thing. Because then you bring him in and it's third and twelve, and you want to bring in a big dime and use him dropping off and protecting the sticks, you can do mm-hmm. that. You don't want him exactly. dropping back, seeing, knowing that he's the only guy on that side on that side of the hash. And you got that, you know, every team runs that crosser. And he has that crosser that comes across his face. But it doesn't process that, hey, I'm the only guy over here. And he mm-hmm. passes him off to nobody. And now it's a, it's a conversion. If you can get him to process quicker, you can definitely get more play out of him. Because he's got some of the physical abilities to do that. Cool. Mm-hmm. So then the last topic for tonight is going to be, who who are you banging the table for, for your with your support? So who do you... <laughs> no matter what you're supporting them, you want them to be drafted. You're going to support them in the league, out of the league, whatever. Eugene, so, who you have? Who you bang so the table? On. Eugene, before we go, <laughs> we, uh-huh. we, were, we were originally going to do one. You want ground do rules? <laughs> wanna, let's let's add one more. We're going to do we're going to do two guys. We're going to do one okay. offense, one defense. I just thought about this. So All right, let's let's go with it. Okay. Okay. All right. So my guy on offense. I mean. I'm not going. I'm not going to go for the obvious guys because if I want, yeah, if I want to take the easy answer, I bang the table for two. I'm like he's QB one. I don't care what you say, but I I'm going to go with uh, Brandon Ayuk on um, mm. from Arizona State. I like this kid. I think he my comp on him I got is like a Michael Gallup or a uh, or a um, what's his name from the Packers? Poor man's Jordy Nelson. Oh, his yeah. his yeah his strength is running after the catch, and receivers that can run after the catch always seem to have a home in the league. And this and and not only that, the kid you know the kid can run routes and catch. He literally he's a legit threat at every level of the field. He's not somebody that's going to uh, come in and change your whole wide receiver position. He's not going to be. I don't think he'll ever be your lead dog. But he's going to come in and he's going to be part of a good offense. He, can, I mean, he can be a volume catcher if you need him to be. He can get over the top on certain guys. I mean, I think he's just a good player. He's he's going to fall because he's had he just had a core muscle surgery. Yeah. But I think the kid can play. And um, if if I I've said this before, he's one of uh, he's one of the guys that I got on my list at. 21 that if the Eagles drafted him I wouldn't be mad if they drafted him at 21 I wouldn't be mad if they drafted him at 53 I wouldn't be mad but he's one of those guys that I'm like yeah this guy can play I like this guy this is one of my guys yeah mm-hmm. hey I, I, I love Brandon Ayuk uh, and I think the potential to be a legit player in my last mock um, these uh, past couple of days a couple of days ago I had him mocked in the back of the first round to the Green Bay Packers pairing him with Devontae Adams um, because mm-hmm. the one knock that I see that I see on film for, with him is one of the holes in his game, press coverage. Yeah. One of the best press releasers in the game is Devontae Adams. So exactly. if I compare him with Devontae Adams, and, and if you know I'm I'm 
Say, hey, I'm at Lafleur. I said, hey, Brandon, are you your your locker's right here? You're right here beside uh, Devontae, and I want you guys. You're one and two behind each other. I want you watching him, studying him, mm-hmm. and, and, and rolling with it like that. But um, I, I like that. I like that pick a lot. Offensively, I'm going. Listen, I told you. You know what I mean. I'm full of surprises here. Um, mm. I'm going to the tight end position, and I'm going mm. all the way to Dayton. Drake, whatever the name is. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Adam Troutman. You understand what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Listen, Mm -hmm. man. Oily hips. You know, he's got good quickness in and out of breaks. And he, he, listen, for a small school guy, he's more polished of a rock runner than people know. And for the big school guys. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting Mm -hmm. there watching some some of Hunter Bryant, and I'm just like, uh, I, I, I like his. Routes a little bit better than 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 the Washington kid. So for uh, mm-hmm. me, and he's one probably probably uh, him him and I would say because I actually have an article coming out for the race to tight end one uh, between him, Harrison Bryant, and Cole Komet because um, mm-hmm. those are my three. Um, Hunter Bryant's like four, it's like number four for me. But mm-hmm. when I look at Troutman, man, he, he, to me he's a total package and poten- he has the potential to be a total package, a seam worker. But one thing I loved what they did with him at Dayton, they detached him from the line. They use him as a modern day tight end because mm-hmm. sometimes you see the you see you've seen the Ravens do it, you've seen the Patriots do it with Gronk, you see the, the Chiefs do it with Kelsey and Kittle and, and with Ertz. They move him from the off, from the offensive line. They put, put him, him in the wide, put him in the slot. They put him out wide, one on one, where you know, hey, I'm either getting one or two things. I'm getting a safety or I'm getting a linebacker. And mm-hmm. in that situation, that's what you want. So for me, my guy, listen, I know he probably won't go, get off of the board until rounds three or four because a lot of people don't believe in – because t- like next year's – I think next year's tight end class will possibly have a first rounder or two. Oh, yeah. You know, with Fairmuth and um, the kid from Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them are just nasty. nasty. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I forget uh, what his name is. Yeah. Pitts. Yeah. Oh, he's a problem. Sick. Just sick. Filthy. Mm-hmm. Like, I need college football to be back this year because I want to see yes. how, he, how, how he evaluate, how he uh, elevates his mm-hmm. game. But, um, but, yeah, so, I mean, this class may not have the top-tier names, but they have potential. And I look at Adam Troutman, and I'm like, man, he really – I see two I see two comps for him. I see Shannon's Ravens, Mark Andrews, but I also see Dallas Goddard a little bit. Um Yo, like I said, underrated guy. He moves well. He's a fluid athlete. I really think he will become a problem in the right offense. So that's the guy I'm banging. That's my offensive guy that I'm banging the table for. Adam Trotman out of Dayton. Tight end one, mm. baby. Tight end Nice. One. Nice. All right. So on defense, there's a lot of guys I like on defense. But I'm I'm going to pick a guy that, like, I'm sure about. Like I think this guy is going to come in. He's going to win a job. Probably be a starter his rookie year. If not, if not, he'll be starting uh, in his second year. And I'm gonna go linebacker from Oregon, Troy Die. Mm. I think he is your modern day middle linebacker. He's like six three, two thirty. Uh, he can run. He's got enough strength to uh, at the point of attack. He can. I've seen him shed blocks before. But most importantly, he's a big linebacker that can cover. Like he's not he's not at a total disadvantage against a against a uh, a tight end. 
and and the kid is tough. He played with a MCL uh, this year. He played with a daggone cast on his hand and still made an interception with one hand. And like on the interception he made, he basically ran the route for the tight end. So that shows you like that he's got the coverage ability, he's got the hips, he's got the the eye recognition. I think he's just a modern day linebacker that you you can just put in the middle of your defense. You protect him with your defensive line, and you just let him go make plays. You just take him off the leash and say, "Go, go, sick him," and he's gonna go and make plays. I just I, I I'm sure about this kid. I like I like the way he plays. And I think he's he's probably going to go in like the third round or something like that. But I think he's going to be he's going to make some defensive coordinator really happy. Oh yeah, I like that. I like that pick a lot. Um, <clears throat> mine, I'm, I'm going. It was it was tough. I, like I said, I like there's a lot of defenders I like, but I'm going cornerback. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Gladney from TCU. Oh yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Smooth, 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 man. He is mm-hmm. silky smooth. You know, rapid feet at the line of scrimmage. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't have that. Mo- he doesn't have the ideal length uh, with within his arms and his height. So yeah, you know, you see him against Colin Johnson. He fared. He fared very well. He was sticky in coverage, but that yeah. that height, you know, was able to cause the some problems for him. Yeah, yeah. Colin Johnson, a good, a, a solid six five. So mm-hmm. you know, that long that long frame was able to give him some some trouble, but. I look at him, man, you know, at the line of scrimmage, he is clean. And I really like that about him. He's patient. And because you see a lot of guys with, with receivers in their releases now, they, they start tripping over their feet. They're opening their hips too early. He doesn't do mm-hmm. any of that. He is really good at holding his, holding his, his pace, being clean and, and calm at the line of scrimmage, quick, fire, fiery feet, rapid feet. And yes. being able to flip his hips. And that's one of the biggest things. His hips are so oily, so fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say oily, God, some people don't know what oily hips mean. Uh, <laughs> or, or pretty much, it's pretty. They, they, it's just easy transition. So we yes. talk about tight hips. Guys that can't really move, can't flip. They're not fluid. Oily hips, very fluid. He's a very, mm-hmm. you, you know that oil is real slick and slimy. So yeah. think about somebody that can flip their hips. It's just it's just second nature. And with him, it's really easy for him because he can easily flip his hips, turn, run, get his hand on the receiver, look back for the football. Uh, and when the ball's in the air, he's still calm. He has just a calming mm-hmm. demeanor and a calming presence um, just from the way he plays. I'm not sure. I think he goes between rounds two and three. Um, mm-hmm. But I think any team that gets him, man, is going to have a very good guy. And, and nonetheless... His floor, you put him in, and he's a dominant slot, a dominant uh, nickel. Exactly. Dominant, yeah. Because nowadays, nickel nickel corners are starters. Because at least what sixty percent of NFL offenses, almost. If, if I, yeah. I, I just made that number off the top of my head because I just assumed that. But um, majority yeah, of offenses corners, come yeah. out in three wide receiver sets. Like yeah, the I days could... of eye formation with the two hundred and eighty pound uh, fullback back there, those Over. days are gone. Over. Three three yards in the cloud of dust is over. It's over. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I got I got Gladney in my top five cornerbacks. I do too. I really like him. I do too. I really I like him. So heavy for him, man. I, I yeah. For me, it's um actually because uh, my my cornerback ranking right now is of course Okuda, who mm-hmm. I, I think I've been mm-hmm. watching Okuda since like the beginning of the season, like first game. I was like, whoa. No, it was last yeah. year, the Rose Bowl. I was like, who's that? Like, you know, he pop, popped on the, immediately. I'm just watching the Rose Bowl. 
And I was like, oh, okay, um, <laughs> word. Like, this kid, yeah. kid this, mm-hmm. this boy is nice. And then come into the season, and the numbers that he put up or allowed are ridiculous. Like, he was yeah. legitimately a shutdown corner. Um, yeah. But, you know, I got Okuda. I got C.J. Henderson from Florida. And, and the number three spot for me, I know a lot of people, and listen, I, I'm, I don't know how many times I got to say this. What happened against LSU was one game, guys. Like, please, please. And even that, go back to the tape. AJ Terrell covered mm-hmm. Jamar Chase pretty well on a lot of those routes. Yeah. Joe Burrow either made something happen or he had a lot of time in the pocket. It's not mm-hmm. like pe- people really are sitting out here dropping this man off of one game. If that's the case, then CeeDee Lamb got to drop. Because against exactly. LSU... He did not want any part he did not of the Lord Stingley. So he did not have I'm a just good saying, game. Man, like we gotta kill this one game tells nonsense. all. Nonsense. Yeah. Kill all. Stop that nonsense. That's not how you mm-hmm. scout players. You don't look no. at one tape like, oh well, this guy is a hard Oh, he's no good. Or he's gonna be a bust. Like that's not how it works. But that's not I'm how it works. So for me it's between AJ Terrell and Gladney, and I'm kinda leaning towards Gladney because I think Gladney's a little cleaner. I think he's a little mm-hmm. cleaner uh, when it comes to coverage. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I got it. Like, if Gladney was six foot one, I think he'd be, uh, you know, probably cornerback two or three, and, so, top, and something top like that. Pick, yeah, yeah. Funny thing with Gladney, they just had Denzel Mims on here. Uh, he did like a YouTube video with Philly Media, and they asked him who was the toughest cornerback uh, that you ever went against. He said Jeff Gladney. He said Jeff Gladney got up in his chest and gave him trouble, and like even though he was very, he thought he could use his size to, as an advantage, but Gladney just got up on him so much that he couldn't. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna throw, yeah. I'm gonna throw out a quick comp to you. Um, I, I don't I don't have the measurables in front of me. Jack Rabbit, mm-hmm. Janoris Jenkins. I could see that. Jack, I could see that. That, that pesky, annoying, annoying, like, feisty just, little yeah. Yeah, like you you sitting there. And because that's what a lot of big receivers, they see the guys that they tower over, and it's like, oh, this is easy. And yeah, I'm going to swat him away. Then the, the ball snap, and he punches you in the chest, and you're like, whoa, wait a second. Buddy. Like, hold on. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a little disrespectful. Like, yeah, like, like hold on, stop that. Me, you just, like, jab me straight in the chest. And I yeah. felt it. Like, that's disrespectful. <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. the, I, when I see him, I, I kind of see that because, um, you know, Jack Brown was a good athlete, quick. Um, yep. you know, explosive in and out of, out of his out of the breaks with receivers, and mm-hmm. he was pesky. He was really pesky, really annoying. Yeah. Like he talked a lot of trash, but he was mm-hmm. always, he was always there. So you and he let you know he was there. Um, I yeah, don't know and that's how... is that type of talker, but from a measurable standpoint, and, and I, I think Gladney probably coming out was a little more cleaner of a of a process. Yeah, though. yeah, he play he plays like that because he's very physical. I've seen him knock somebody on their butt before. Oh, but, he doesn't yeah, mind tackling at all. No, he don't. Yeah, I, yeah, he's one of my favorites. I like, I like him a lot. He is, yeah. I, I, I mess with Jeff Gladney. Well, I, I have um, a question about some um, two mm-hmm. other cornerbacks that I saw at the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. and their names stand out to me. And I know about one because the Ravens had been linked to him at one point, but I don't know what we stand with him now. Um, but that's AJ Green and Lamar Jackson. Like, what do you guys think about them, and what round do you see them going in? Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to go late. He's a tall physical corner that can't run. So if you, if he playing in a, uh, if he playing like in a Seattle cover three 
where you hand you where you handing off deep coverage to the free safety, he could he could play well in that because he's got his length. He's not you know he's not he's not going to be asked to run a whole lot of deep routes. And he's anywhere where he's got to run for a, a long distance, he's going to be at a disadvantage. But if he can keep stuff in front of him, use his physicality because he's got long arms and all that. So he can he can you know he can press his man at the at the line of scrimmage and he he can smother a guy uh, that's pretty much that's faster than him he can still smother him with his length mm-hmm. but that's pretty much what he is he's just a tall guy that's that's not really fast AJ Green is he's a little bit AJ Green is shorter uh, he's very he's much more athletic uh, he's another guy not super fast runs about a four or five uh, played at uh, was it Oklahoma State he played at. Um, he, uh, who was that? Oh, Jalen Rager. He had a game against Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager ate his lunch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gave him some work, but he, um, speed and like super speed and, uh, lateral speed will give him trouble. Um, he can, he, he can use his physicality to, to defend stuff down the field. He's got pretty decent ball skills. Um, honestly, I probably would try to see if I could transition him into safety. Where he would have more of a mismatch, mm-hmm. uh, see him make, make him, uh, you know, match him up, make him a matchup corner, maybe put him against some tight ends, maybe put him against some big slots or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he can play, at, he can play corner in defense too. He just needs protection over the top. They, I mean, they're both they're both solid players, mid to mid to late round guys. Yeah, I, I have both in, in around the fifth, sixth round uh, right now. Uh, like, like you know, with uh, Lamar Jackson. It's crazy. Same name, totally different athletic profiles. Uh, Opposite. <laughs> totally different athletic profile. Because your Lamar Jackson is probably the most dynamic runner mm-hmm. and athlete mm-hmm. that we've seen outside of Michael Vick at the quarterback position. Exactly. This guy yeah. is totally is not. He's on the opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. But yeah. he, he's a guy that you you don't want him in off coverage. He's not he, – he, he can't click and close like that. He's not that – he's not twitched up. Uh, he doesn't have enough twitch for that, uh, mm-hmm. but you allow him to play w- with both of these guys. You're gonna deal you early on. You may deal with some flags because they both can be a little grabby and overly mm-hmm. physical at the line of scrimmage and in route and in the route. So you're gonna have to take the good with the bad. You know, sometimes the refs are kind of turn a blind eye. Like, well, you guys look like you were hand fighting, whatever, whatever. Some refs are like, hey, you legitimately jacked up the receiver like five yards. Yeah. Like, you got to let him go, bro. Like, you got to let him go. You let so, him go. Your hand is in his pocket. Stop. Like, come on, man. Like, you you know what I'm saying? They, they're, some referees are going to call him. But especially in the red zone, with, with being 6'2", oh, yeah. over 200 pounds, big, tall, physical guy, you get him matched up, you know, when you, you're facing the Kenny Galladay's and the A, in your case, you know, uh, with, the, with the Ravens, you know, the A.J. Greens of the world. You mm-hmm. can match him up for that fade route. Now, I'm not saying that you want him trying to cover – that you know, listen. You don't want him trying to cover that 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 fake fade where they, you know, sell a fade, come back in on that slant. You don't want him covering that because mm-hmm. it's for AJ Green. He's just yes. too quick for him. But yes. against those big physical receivers, yeah, he's a matchup guy. Not even just that, because for me, I've been th- I've been having this thought for a while. When you have those big kind of unathletic, the guys that can't run with the receivers, think about what they're doing with tight ends. A lot of tight yeah. ends are former receivers that can't separate. Mind yeah, you, exactly. Clay, Chase Claypool from those Chase days. Claypool. You want to flip him to make him that because Darren Waller. We keep talking about it. He is the new prototype to me. So you take mm-hmm. those tight ends that aren't receiver material 
in the NFL. They were receivers in college, but not receivers in the, in the, in the NFL. You flip mm-hmm. them to the tight end. I, I'm going to take that big physical receiver, that big physical of cornerback, and instead of letting those linebackers and safeties get matched up on the tight ends, that tight end come out wide, hey, I got him. And that's what yeah. I want. Because you got a guy that knows how to press at the line, who knows mm-hmm. how to get their hands on receivers. So if he can get his hand on the tight end, that's even better. Take even that better. tight end away. So that's that's the one thing I, I think that he could truly do. Because when we, with the Patriots, when we had Brandon Brown and Darrell Revis, I, I remember, I think it was Ladarius, Ladarius Green and, and those guys, and um, I forget, Kobe Fleener. Now, granted, Kobe Fleener mm. for the Colts, we had um, Brandon Browner covering him. Kobe Fleener worked him. No gonna lie <laughs> to you, he worked him. Yeah, but but for the most part, Brandon Browner did a good job against those tight ends because they couldn't get off his off his press coverage. Um, mm-hmm. With AJ Green, like I said, he's he's handy, um, but he's kind of a, a little different, a little quicker off the when it came out to everything. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he from an athletic ability, for athleticism standpoint, he's a reactive athlete. So he can move what he sees, um, mm-hmm. and he can open his hips as well. But man, like, like like Eugene said, like you see his tape against Jalen Rager. We just talked about it. Can't go off of one mm-hmm. game, but boy, Jalen Rager put work on him. And yeah. you know, for me, because he has to get, he has to clean his hands up. Um, mm-hmm. So he'd be a guy that you know, fifth round, you put on special teams as a gunner, device position. Mm-hmm. Let him go down on punting kicks and everything. He could be a, he could probably be a, a special team stud early on. But if you can yeah. kind of refine his technique, because that's one of the biggest things: finding consistency and mm-hmm. technique. Because anytime, and a lot of times, his cut is confidence. If a guy is confident in his technique, his technique stays the same. It makes it ten is, times better. But when a guy is is not confident, and they're kind of they worried about their about their own game, you start seeing things. That you don't want to see. You start seeing yeah. sloppy habits, things mm-hmm. like that. So if you can it slows you him him, down. Yeah, you get him with a coach that can instill that confidence with him. Like, hey, I believe you could be a, a, a player in this defense, whether it's in the slot, whether it's out wide, whatever the case may be. Because like Lamar Jackson, he's strictly an outside corner. You do mm-hmm. not put him inside. He's strictly outside uh, and allow him to harass and, and, and beat up on receivers. But AJ right. Green, he has some of that, that fluidity in the hips. He has some oily hips to where you can possibly put him inside at the slot position as a nickel or as a dime as well. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, just from hearing you guys talk, I'm thinking maybe the reason the Ravens are so interested in Lamar Jackson is because of his height. Um, because Eric DaCosta said some years ago before he was the GM that um, the difference between John Harbaugh and Brian Billick was that John Harbaugh likes tall, big cornerbacks. So when mm-hmm. he would look for cornerbacks for us, that's, that's the route that he would go with John Harbaugh. And when you look at who we have, like Jimmy Smith, we have Peters, mm-hmm. we have Marlon, and we have Tavon Young, who seem to can't stay healthy. Right. I'm thinking that if you add Lamar Jackson to that, it wouldn't be a negative. No. And that he can learn so much from all of them, you know, that and, and we don't have to put him out on the field and on the field immediately. Like Jimmy Smith, he didn't start mm-hmm. really playing until his third year. Yeah. The Super Bowl was mm-hmm. like from the Super Bowl on, that's when Jimmy Smith became the Jimmy Smith that we all became the love. So it seems like Lamar might be a good fit just based on what you all said and, and what um, John Harbaugh likes in cornerbacks. Like, yeah. he's not going to be forced to go out there and play right away. No. No. Yeah. It, 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 no. With, with your cornerback room, there's no need for him to. Especially no. if Tavon yeah. Young can stay healthy. 
Like, mm-hmm. you guys are going to have a cornerback room that's going to be really difficult. Like, oh, yeah. I, I was I was really hard on, on Marcus Peters because I, I, I never really liked Marcus Peters. Like, I yeah. never really liked his game. Mm. He we talk back to our first segment. He's a boomer bus guy. Like, yeah, so, he, he boomed. Yeah. You know, sometimes you see him, uh, like, against the Seahawks, he makes that big. Without that pick six, I think you guys lose that game to the Seahawks. Offensively, all you know, with the with the rain and everything, you guys were it not. Was that it was, it was just a sloppy game. But that pick six, and then the, of course the 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 fumble by DK Metcalf, you know, completely altered the the outcome mm-hmm. of that game. But without his playmaking prowess and, and and Peters, you guys don't have that. You know, you don't win that game. But then here comes you know, you go back a couple years ago when he was still with the Chiefs. Yeah, you'll see all the picks and the pick sixes and. Oh, he's all you know. He's he's brash. He's talking trash. Then you see Amari Cooper put up over two hundred yards on his head because now you have to play against a route runner and you have to stay in his hip pocket and he can't he mm-hmm. he couldn't do that. He's really like Peters is really grabby, really handsy and gets in, in press coverage. Peters is a guy that in he I'd rather back him off like three or four yards, maybe five or six because he's really good. He clicks and closes real well, as you can tell yeah. with his pick six. Reading what's in front of him. Yeah, he reads it, and his route recognition in zone is legitimate. Like, he will bait a quarterback to take to, – oh, I'm, I'm covering a deep guy. Quarterback goes – that's how he got That's how he got Russ. He baited him. Russ thought he was mm-hmm. going deep. He stopped on the dime, clicked and closed, boom. Caught the underneath route, pick six. You see, you, we've seen Richard Sherman do that many times. But mm-hmm. – and, and so with Marcus Peters – you know, he fits you guys because you guys don't ask him to cover the top receivers. He exactly. he had to cover the top receivers in in Kansas City and mm-hmm. at times in in uh, Los Angeles with the Rams, and it was not good. It was not pretty. Yeah, yeah and, and for you, so mm-hmm. for you guys with your with your cornerback room, a Lamar Jackson or even an AJ Green, both of them can kind of come in. They can learn from your veterans and, and work their way onto the field. They don't have to even yeah. You know, they can touch. They can start with special teams like we, like we said earlier. Start with that gunner, that vice role, and then mm-hmm. work your way into a, and work your way up in, in, into a plane. Because right now, yeah, you guys brought back Jimmy Smith, but you know he's he's kind of injury prone and yeah, he didn't bring yeah. him back long term. So always having that backup, and so especially with Tavon Young, always having that backup, you know, in the in the works in the plan always is a, is a good idea because you just never know what you're going to get. Right. Well, that's the show for this week. Did you guys have any anything else you wanted to say? Um, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, listen, like we always say, man, you know, uh, you, we appreciate all the support you guys are giving us. Like the numbers are growing at an increasing rate. And we appreciate every bit of that. Um, just continually, continually, um, and continuously rather, uh, keep, keep telling your friends, man, right now it's quarantine. It's day 202. Like everybody's yeah, right. quarantined, man. Like, except me, I still gotta go to work. But um, but everybody's quarantine. Essential. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, <laughs> got my letter in the car. I got my letter in the car, baby. It's sitting right there on the passenger side with my little badge. Like, hey, there we go. You already know. But if you want to send me home, I'm all for that now. I tell my boss. Mm-hmm. Look, she right. said I couldn't come through. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna complain. I got time. I got PTO. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, continue to listen to the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And of course, subscribe. Like, share, and leave a review, guys. We want to hear from you. Um, obviously, <laughs> you guys are continuously listening to the show, so we 
must be doing something well. But hey, drop us a mm-hmm. comment, man. Uh, yeah. and, and once we get this, uh, I will say once we get the the season going, hopefully in a couple months, uh, we might start doing some raffles for comments, uh, for, for 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 reviews rather on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, pick pick a lucky winner, send out some gift cards or whatever the case may be, just to show y'all how much we appreciate and love y'all. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, oh yeah. Uh, thoughts and prayers to the family of Tavares Jackson. Oh yeah. Uh, that was a terrible, terrible situation. Like nowadays, everybody just gotta be safe. You gotta be safe. Like, so, hey, definitely. Prayers also yeah. to uh, Carl Anthony Towns. He lost his mom to coronavirus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, yeah. That's, that's you know that's big. Um. So you know, shout out to him. Keep him in your prayers, and, and you know, hey, listen, love your loved ones. You know, right now, take the hate out of everything and, and just live life, man. Like that's just where we mm-hmm. are with it. Just live life, stay safe. And Eugene, I'm gonna let you say it because you say it so well. Wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. <laughs> Wash your hands, man. You Please. Know what I'm Wash your hands. Yes. You know, hey, listen. <laughs> Well, I work in the medical field. After <laughs> three pumps of uh, hand sanitizer, wash your hands. All right? mm-hmm. You go. You, I'm telling you, you're gonna feel a difference. Your your hands are gonna feel nice and smooth. And <laughs> a lot of y'all don't know what clean hands feel like, but I promise you, oh you stop using so much hand sanitizer and wash your hands. It's gonna feel so brand new to you. Do it. Twenty seconds. Put it on hot. Get that hot steaming water like you about to boil some chicken. Like, what is it? get that water hot, baby. Get listen. I'll tell you right now. I tell people this all the time, y'all. And I'm not lying. But I'm at work and I wash my hands religiously. I will wash up to my elbows like I'm going into surgery. I don't want nothing on me, man. Wash yeah. your hands, baby. Stay clean, man. And for those that you know don't believe in washing hands, get clean, please. <laughs> Yes, get clean. <laughs> or just stay dirty away from everybody else. Exactly. Stay, you want to stay dirty? Oh, stay my home. God. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's all my time. Yeah. Yeah. Be easy, man. All right, y'all. <laughs>